Welcome to my podcast and thanks for listening. Well, it's been a minute, as they say, since our last travel podcast, but my traveling companion, Bev, who's here with me remotely, and I are happy to be back to tell you about our surprising spring visit to the second largest city in Greece, Thessaloniki. So welcome back, Bev. Thanks, Deb. It's great to be back at this. Yeah, so Bev, I was thinking that a good title for this podcast would be Thessaloniki, we got far more than we came for. Very, very true. Yeah. So now prior to our trip, we knew nothing about Thessaloniki, let alone how to pronounce it correctly. So Bev, why did we go there in the first place? Well, when we planned our trip, we felt we might need a bit of a respite after visiting Istanbul, which we thought might overwhelm our senses a bit, and it did. It did. (laughs) And before traveling to Athens, where we knew we would be thrust into major tourism, and we were, (laughs) we chose Thessaloniki as a stop for a few days. As Deb mentioned, we had not previously heard of the city, but it sounded like a great place to rest, recharge, and do the laundry, as well as to see some interesting sights. So, Bev, as an aside, um, do you have any comment about Turkish Airlines? We flew two flights on Turkish Airlines, and they were amazing. I, I can't get, say enough about their level of service and most importantly, the food service that we received. Whereas, you know, you can fly across Canada and receive a small mini bag of pretzels. You can take a one hour flight on Turkish Airlines and they feed you a lovely meal. Highly recommend them. Yeah, and you and I looked at each other and we laughed because we had just been in the Istanbul airport, which is arguably one of the most expensive airports we've been in. We had just spent an exorbitant amount on a late lunch, early supper, and then we were fed this lovely food on Turkish Airlines. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock, but yeah, very nice. Yeah, but we soon learned that Thessaloniki sits in northern Greece in the northwest corner of the Aegean Sea. And it's a port city that's an important route between the Mediterranean Sea and the Balkan countries. And Bev, as we discussed in our podcast about Istanbul, it leads to that beautiful Bosphorus Strait in Istanbul and right through to the Black Sea. And although there are about a million people in the metro area, there are only about 318,000 in the center, which makes it really easy to see all the main sites on foot. But I was reading the two-line metro system is in the works and should be opened at the end of December of 2023. Now, if we had done just a little bit of research, Bev, (laughs) we would have learned that Thessaloniki was named the cultural capital of Europe in 1997, and it's also known as the gastronomic capital of Greece, which you're going to talk about a bit later. For sure. In the main center of Thessaloniki, the old town or upper town, Anopoli, sits on a hill to the north, while the business center and waterfront lie to the south. But you know, the 15 UNESCO sites and churches and some 30 museums are strewn throughout the center area. And Bev, I don't think we've ever been in a city this size with so many designated UNESCO and heritage sites concentrated in such a small area. Yes, I believe, Deb, that parts of, full parts of the city have been named as sites. And you know that UNESCO sites are one of my favorite things when traveling. So. Absolutely. 
So, Bev, what can you tell us about the old or upper town, Annapoli? Well, Annapoli, the old town, or literally the upper town, extends high up the hillside above the city. It was not engulfed by a, the great fire that happened in 1917, and so many of the historic sites are well preserved. As you climb the steep winding street, you come across a number of the sites, as well as residential streets where you'll see a modern home butted up right next to a deteriorating stone structure. The walls of Thessaloniki are the fortification structure that once surrounded the city, originating in the third century. They were originally eight kilometers long. Hmm. Large segments of those walls were demolished during the Ottoman rule, but today about four kilometers of the walls still remain. They're up to 10 to 12 meters high and four and a half meters wide and quite impressive to see. Also well preserved are the imposing Byzantine Portarara or Great Gate <laughs> and the Trigonion Tower, a defensive tower at one corner of the wall that overlooks the city. The, now here, bear with me, Hepatpigurian Castle <laughs> sits, high, sits high in Anatoly, looking down over the city from within the walls. It dates to the third century and was used as a prison until 1989. Another site are the Byzantine Baths. They date to the 12th century and they're known to be one of the few and best preserved of the surviving Byzantine Baths. Unfortunately, it was not opening, open for touring the day we visited. Uh, also, the Monastery of Latidon is one of the oldest and more, most important Byzantine monuments of Thessaloniki. It's located in the northern part of Anopoli, next to the Great Gate was founded somewhere between 1351 or, and 1371 AD and has never stopped being active. The grounds present a lovely area to wander about and they offer an outstanding panoramic view of the city. One of the oldest churches in Thessaloniki is the Taxiarchus Church. This is a Byzantine church located in the upper town. It was built in the 14th century and served as a mosque during the Ottoman period before it was turned back into a church in 1912. So those are the main sites that are in right in Old Town. There are a number of other sites that border between Old Town mm -hmm. and Main Town. And I remember walking up that steep, steep uh, hill and the stairs and the photo opportunities were absolutely amazing, weren't they? They certainly were, absolutely. South of the Upper Town is the business centre and waterfront and this is the area we stayed in in a great little new boutique hotel just a few blocks from the waterfront. And a great place or way to get your bearings in Thessaloniki is to walk along the waterfront promenade which is about three and a half kilometers in length and apparently the city had a competition in 2000 to design a waterfront that was completely walkable and contained many green spaces. There are historical monuments, urban art, playgrounds, gardens, sports grounds, the opera house, town squares, the most popular being Aristotelus Square, which is also considered the central point of Thessaloniki. And old warehouses turned into artist venues and restaurants where we began our walk. 
And interestingly, and I don't really remember noticing this, Bev, but there are 13 what they call green rooms or gardens, which are mini spaces designed for quiet and privacy along the promenade. Oh, really? That's it. Yeah. And notable along the walk is the statue of Alexander the Great on his rearing horse, one of the most impressive statues in Thessaloniki. But one very popular and well-known modern sculpture is the Umbrella statue built in 1997. And it's a constellation of about 40 tilted umbrellas about 13 meters high. And I'm sure pretty much every possible photo op has been taken there. And I know we did a few back. Absolutely. The most recognizable monument along the promenade is the White Tower from the 1500s, which is really known as the picture of Thessaloniki because it's really been on all the uh, promotions for that city. It was pre previously part of the fortification of the city, then a prison, and now a museum. That promenade is just really worth the walk. There are several other districts in the center area that are worth visiting. Uh, Ladadica is a rather bohemian area by the port, filled with Greek tavernas and shops, cobblestone streets, colorful buildings, amazing restaurants, and lots of music and partying at night. And the street Simiski winds through the length of the business area, and it's the most notable shopping street. While there are many side streets with hundreds of small shops, including countless textile shops. And we learned that the textile industry was historically one of the most important industries in Thessaloniki. And Bev, weren't those fabrics just delightful? Quite amazing. Such a variety. It, colors and patterns, yeah. The important Aristotelian Aristotelus Square that I mentioned leads to the Arch of Galerias and Rotunda and to the Hagia Sophia Church. And just remember, there are UNESCO sites everywhere you look. And those um, historic places are kind of in that area Bev mentioned between the upper old town and the business section, I guess you'd say. And we can't forget the Kapani district where the food markets are held, Bev. And that might be a good time to talk about the amazing culinary and coffee culture. Yes, as Deb mentioned, Thessaloniki is known as the gastronomic and culinary capital of Greece, and we were certainly not disappointed. The previously mentioned Latadika area was originally the central market and bazaar area, but after the Great Fire of 1917, it began to decline, eventually becoming fully abandoned. However, in 1985, the Minister of Culture ordered that it should be preserved and declared it a historical monument. It soon was revitalized and today is the center of Thessaloniki's restaurants and nightlife. We ate dinner in the area each night we were in the city. Seafood and meat are popular. We enjoyed great pork gyros and chicken souvlaki, amazing salads, moussaka and delicious lamb chops. As well, coffee houses old and new are everywhere. One unique feature is the Curry Away coffee bars, sometimes side by side with no tables, just coffee and maybe a pastry to go or to stand and visit. We and Bev, what's, what's, Bev, wasn't one of those coffee houses your namesake? Oh yes, Beverly, yes. <laughs> Very important place to visit. Yeah. <laughs> 
We opted for sit-down coffee and pastry at a number of places and thoroughly enjoyed them. Now, before I tell you more details about the markets of Thessaloniki, I think Deb should tell us about an extra special day we spent in the city and some great eating we had on that day. <laughs> well, okay, Bab, if I have to. I just have to tell everyone that I celebrated my 65th birthday of Thessaloniki, and it was the best day ever. It started with the most amazing strawberry cream tart with sugar crumble from a little bakery in Anopoli, the upper town, and ended with oh, amazing lamb chops and ice cream, and surprisingly being serenaded by the Greek waiters. What more could a 65-year-old woman want? It was just such a day to remember. It was fun, for sure. Thessaloniki has two traditional marketplaces in the center of town, the Kapani and the Modiano, and we wandered through both. The Kapani market is a traditional market that has been serving customers since the 15th century, and the Modiano is in that time period as well. The array of items for sale is incredible, with an abundance of seafood and fresh meat. We learned that no part of a butchered animal goes to waste. <laughs> but there were quite the displays in those markets. Apparently, entrails are stuffed and goat's heads are cooked. And the whole heads were sitting there with eyeballs and teeth still intact. I will say we did not try those delicacies. But the photo ops were amazing, weren't they? They certainly were. So Bev, what are your final thoughts or impressions about Thessaloniki? I would highly recommend it as a place to visit. It's a great way to see many, many archaeological sites, um, some that we haven't gone into detail on, the ancient Roman, Roman Forum, the Palace of Galleria, and then many, many, for those who have listened to our previous podcast, you probably know that I am enthralled with checking the architecture of the European churches and there are a number of churches that were, we visited that were wonderful. Um, many of them are UNESCO sites. And I would just say that be prepared to walk. As Deb mentioned, there's currently no metro system, although one is coming. But by walking, you'll find treasures on every corner from the archaeological sites and the amazing churches to wonderful streets where the locals shop, eat, and just enjoy the beauty of a great city. So it, it is a wonderful place to just walk about without feeling overwhelmed by tourism and busyness. Right. And my impression is that I think Thessaloniki's just bursting out and I'm glad you mentioned all the history there because it seems to acknowledge its storied history and artifacts but it also values new ideas and art and creativity and design and forward thinking and education and technology. So it's just a really good combination there of the old and the forward thinking. Absolutely, yes. You know, yeah, you know, if a person had a different agenda and more time, there are several day trips, especially to archaeology formations, that you could take from Thessaloniki. And the most popular is probably the Monasteries of Meteora, which is a group of six monasteries built high on million-year-old rock formations. 
And I can guarantee you that you've definitely seen these in promotions for the country of Greece. Well, that was our three days in Thessaloniki. If I had one tip, it would be just to read a little bit about Greek history before you go. It would really make a trip more meaningful. And you know, Bev, after all, Greece is the birthplace of Western civilization. Yes. So Bev, I know you mentioned um, one of your tips would be to definitely see the main city on foot. Did you have any other final tips? I think it would be just to be prepared to, as you say, see the old, but also embrace the new parts. And they have great things like a film museum and mm. inter interesting little um, street art displays. And I think you should just be ready to embrace and come upon what you may as you wander. Mm -hmm. And you know, Bev, we really just touched the surface here. There's just so much history to Thessaloniki and in each ancient ruin or church that a person could just spend hours researching. I mean, Thessaloniki does date back to, you know, about 315 <laughs> BC. So that's a lot of time to build up some history. Yes, absolutely. So I guess I would say, yeah, I guess I would say that if you're in the area, you know, certainly stop in Thessaloniki for the laundromat. It was great. Yeah, but definitely stay. Yeah, one of the better ones. But definitely stay for the UNESCO sites and museums and ancient ruins and Byzantine churches and textiles and scooters and coffee and street art and culture and design and tasty food and umbrellas. And like you said, Bev, be pleasantly surprised. So thanks again for listening. And please check back in a few days when Bev and I are going to talk about our Athens adventure. Thanks, Deb, and bye-bye. Thanks, Deb. Talk to you soon.